Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spiritual Journey Podcast. This is episode 101. Wow, that's just crazy. Over 100 episodes, and as always, I'm super excited about this episode, but I always like to start by just saying thank you. I can't believe that we've got 101 episodes of this podcast, and the messages that we receive on a weekly basis, I feel very, very blessed with this podcast. So thank you. I always like to thank the listeners. You just this podcast won't be anything without you. So feeling very blessed. So thank you. And we always love having a guest on this podcast. And today we have a very, very special guest. So actually, I'm going to go to her to introduce herself first. Um, and before we go there, Susie, I've known Susie for many years. She's been a close friend for many years. I've seen her grow amazingly uh, spiritually as a person. She's one of my favorite people in the world. And Susie, I'm going to hand over to you to introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I am very privileged to be on today. I've been following all of the podcasts, and I have been with Namesh and Stacey on this journey for a very long time. Um, so I'm excited about this topic today. Um, I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, and uh, uh, yeah, I'm very excited to talk to you guys. And introducing next, the amazing, the beautiful, the stunning, the healer extraordinaire, Stacey Brown. Stacey, over to you. <clears throat> I think today, if anybody's watching this on YouTube, I don't look like the healer extraordinaire. I look like a mom who just got back from a workout. But because we're talking about conscious parenting today, I think that's probably the best space to be in. So thanks, friends, for being here with us on another episode. Uh, my name is Stacy. I'm intuitive. I do readings for people from around the world, along with um, reading Akashic Records. Um, I am lovingly partaking in this podcast every week with Namesh, which is a passion project. I do spiritual mentorship, and I recently published my first book, Journey to Soul Center, Discovering the Gift of Surrender. It's available on Amazon and Audible. My goal is to help people and to serve on a greater level, and every day I'm committed to that, and I'm really excited about this episode, Nims. Wow, I'm excited to talk to both of you too. So hi, everybody. I'm Nims, I'm an Akashic Record Reader, Akashic Trainer, Podcast Host, Podcast Creator, as well as a Spiritual Coach and Mentor. And just, you know, I love the space that everybody's in right now. It really does feel like a, a space of transformation. I love the fact that I get to guide people to, to understand who they are, understand their programming, kind of living their best life. Um, I love what we do. I love what I do. The mentorship program that both me and Stace mentioned, we channel through the Kashuk Records, actually, um, from the very space that I'm speaking to you right now. Um, and it's changing lives. So if anybody's ready to truly shine their light, live their purpose, then book a free discovery call. We can take you through the program. Um, and if it resonates, if it's something for you, then we'd love to work with you. So this week's topic, I am super excited about this week's topic. We've been, we've had this on the list of potential topics for a while, um, and it's on conscious parenting. And in the full disclosure, I'm I'm not a conscious parent. I, I guess I'd call myself a conscious uncle. I have, <laughs> I have ten nephews, three nieces, um, and I have a different relationship with each of them. And I can talk more about that in this episode. But I'm blessed to have two conscious parents on this episode. Both I've seen both Susie and Stacy um, parent their kids consciously, 
and it's a journey, right? I've seen them go on a journey and it's just, there's ups and downs. But I really feel right now we need conscious parents. And for me, what a conscious parent is, is really allowing your kids to grow up in a space where they can be themselves, where, you know, as a parent, you're conscious about how you react, but also you limit the programming. So your your kid, your child can become who they're meant to be. As so many adults that we work with, we go through so much programming. And really, I believe on this journey, it's about, in many ways, releasing that programming so you can become the person you're meant to be. You know, we have so much parental programming, religious programming, cultural programming, so much programming that we, and, you know, we're expected to live a certain life, but I really feel right now with everything else that's happened over the last few years, our expectations of what life looks like is totally different. So what if we're not meant to live a program life? What if we're meant to live and shine our light so very differently? And for me, that's a critical part of conscious parenting is really being conscious and aware of how we're parenting our kids and also being aware in terms of things like, um, you know, are we parenting the kids around us like we were parented or are we doing the total opposite or are we doing our own way? Becoming aware of the way that we are around the kids actually is a big part of it because from that awareness, you can become more conscious. But I'm going to hand over to the actual conscious parents on this episode and really um, ask, I guess, to begin with, what does conscious parenting mean to you? And I'm going to start with Susie. Susie, what does conscious parenting mean to you? Well, first, I'll give a little introduction. So um, I have a 10-year-old son um, who is a pain in the butt because he, a 10-year-old, did I say 10-year-old? I have a 12-year-old son. Um, I'm living two years in the past, who is a pain in the butt because he is a 12-year-old boy in middle school, uh, but is also has the biggest heart in the world. And then I have a 14-year-old daughter. Um, who is like an 80-year-old in a 14-year-old body. Uh, she is uh, more mature than a lot of the adults that I, I know. Um, and so I've been blessed to be their mother. Um, they are amazing kids, um, but they are also, um, I think, the, the uh, beauty of, of having them as kids and, and me being their mom. I am a single mom. Um, her, their dad and I divorced uh, many years ago, and he has since remarried. Um, and has another child. And I think the beauty of being their mother is that um, they are so open-minded, um, both in terms of who they are as people, but in terms of how we together, um, even as separated parents have, have grown. Um, and um, I think to me, conscious parenting is about recognizing that it's not about you as a parent. Um, it's about the child. Uh, to me, that's the cornerstone. And we could, I'm sure we will talk through what does that mean and what does that look like in practice and um, what does that look like in the everyday. But the cornerstone of it is it's not about me. It's about them and it's about us and it's about our existence together in this world on this plane. Um, so that's what it means to me. You're, you're muted. And Stace, over to you. As um, I'd love for you to introduce kind of way what your situation is and what does conscious parenting mean to you? So I have to share um, something really special. So we have these refrigerator magnets that have like little words. And so you can put sentences together. And um, two nights ago, my 10 year old daughter was 
playing around with the words on the fridge. And she wrote out, I like my mother for healing souls and she makes me happy. And I would say when we were preparing for this episode, I was like, I don't even know some days if I'm, if I'm parenting, let alone conscious parenting, like, am I doing what I need to be doing? Am I, am I, am I impacting my kids in the way that that I meant to and that I want to? And I saw that I actually have it sitting as a screenshot on my phone right now next to me. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, Stacey, you must be doing something right. So I'm a mom of four. Um, I'm going to be a grandmother in about a month, which is mind blowing first, first time. And so my oldest daughter is 26 and married and expecting a baby girl in December. Um, I have a son who is 22 who lives in Florida and I'll tell you a little bit about that in a second. And then I have a son who's 20 who lives here local to me. And then I have a 10 year old daughter who is with me, um, 50% of the time I co-parent fairly well with her dad. Um, but I want to say with that age gap, when I was raising the, the three older kids before the little one came along, I wouldn't say that I was consciously parenting. I would say I was in pure survival mode and I was working really hard to build a solid career in the beauty industry. I was in demand and I was trying to, to juggle the expectations of the family unit and the expectations of clients. And there's a picture of me when my littlest one was born, where I'm standing in the living room of my home and I've got the baby strapped to my front. I've got my daughter that I was homeschooling at the time. And I've got two phones in each hand, one, my work phone, one, my personal phone, booking appointments for people. And I would say that picture kind of sums up what it was like in that season. As I've gone deeper in my journey of healing and self-discovery and, and also with experience, um, raising the older ones, I would say that, that the way that I parent has, has morphed and evolved and, um, Conscious parenting to me is being aware that you are, um, you are leading your children into understanding who they are and how they're meant to show up in the world without putting the expectations that you have for their life on them. Okay. Um, just to give you like an idea, I was raised in like a very devoutly religious home and throughout my my childhood there were conversations about the expectation of what i would be when i grew up right like my dad was like he had worked really hard to bring himself out of poverty and his belief system was that a college degree was the ticket for you being successful in life okay And so throughout my life, I was told you will not be, and I quote, blue collar, you will have a college degree and you will do things this way. And that pressure was something that I felt from a very young age that I was expected to fit into a box 
and do things the way that my parents had done them. And I knew from very early on with my own children that I didn't want to do that, that I didn't want to put pressure on them to be a certain way, that I wanted to nurture an environment where they could show up in the world the way they were meant to. So that was like the only thing that I knew for sure when I started having kids was like, I didn't want to put that pressure on them. Um, I sometimes think that parenting adult children is a hell of a lot harder than parenting young children in my experience thus far. But one of the things that I will say is that in consciously parenting my children and removing the expectation of what I think their life should be for whatever they feel they're meant to do, I've seen my children flourish. Um, my daughter followed in my footsteps and she's a hairdresser running a very successful business. Um, we went through an absolutely horrific experience with my oldest son where he nearly lost his life to mental health and substance abuse issues multiple times. And here he is now at 22 working in the addictions community. He's been sober for over two years and he just bought his first house and turned it into a sober living facility. And then my 20 year old son has just moved in with his girlfriend and has been working really hard in both the cosmetology industry. So doing what I was doing and doing some customer service. And I'm watching my three older children flourish in the gifts and abilities that they have because I didn't put them in a box. And so one of the things I'm just encouraging our listeners to ponder today is, have you tried to put your children in a box? Are you trying to get your children to live up to an expectation of what you want them to be? Or are you allowing them to show you who they are so that they can shine their light in the way they're meant to? So just a little thought-provoking question for the audience. I love it. I love it. So I guess let, let me go on next to maybe you can both share some examples of the way that you consciously parent kind of maybe things that you see yourself doing differently than maybe some other parents that, you know, you're proud of and maybe talk about some of your, the relationships you have with your kids. I mean, Stace, that was a great example of, of the, the message that your daughter left for you. And actually as a side note, you know, do follow us on, on social media. Stacey posted that on social media and it was such a beautiful, such a beautiful image and, you know, kind of our kids are, you know, the kids are just, they're a great way of just communicating without filter. Um, and it's, you know, sometimes, you know, feedback's a blessing. So, um, you know, I'm sure it raised your soul and it kind of affected you, you know, lifted your soul, lifted your heart. So I think that's a beautiful story. Let's talk about some examples, you know, what, what, what's, what's different and how does that impact your relationship with your kids? Um, I guess, Susie, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll give a little bit of background on how I came to, to this state with my kids. So I, growing up, like I went back and forth between whether I actually wanted kids or not. And there were times when I wanted kids and there were other times when I said they weren't in the cards for me. And, and when I, ended up ultimately deciding I did want kids. Um, it was because my grandmother had passed um, and my grandmother was such a force in people's life. And she was to this day, I still think about her every single day. 
I still turn to her when I'm going through my hardest times, um, even though she is no longer with us. Um, and and we were all suffering from the loss. And and I remember actually sitting on her um, grave and crying probably about a year after she had passed. And I thought to myself when I left, um, I, I want to be that loved. Um, I want to leave a legacy behind and I, I want to have an influence on people and I, I want kids because I, I want there to be something more about my life. So um, I ended up having kids, but I was unsure about who I was going to be as a parent. And um, when I had children with my husband, um, he's a very strong personality, very strong background, very um, family centered background. They are um, Persian, they are Iranian. And so everything is, is family and he had very strong views on what family is. Um, both in terms of his own personal views and growing up. And so I naturally aligned into who they were as people and what their beliefs were because I didn't feel like I had beliefs. I was an easygoing kind of person. And so it made sense to kind of align into that. But then when we decided to divorce, um, I actually thought to myself, okay, who am I as a parent, right? Because his views aren't authentically me. While I support them and I believe in them, that's not the core of who I am. He brought that forward. And so that's not, that wouldn't be honest to try to mimic how he was going to raise the kids. Um, and so I actually took some time to think through, you know, how do I figure out who I am um, as a parent and, and, and what do I want to instill on my kids? Um, and I actually, um, through a long time, I think mainly through not knowing I wanted to make sure I wasn't misstepping. And so I actually tended to take more of a, a laid back attitude to say, not a hands-off um, parenting style, but more of a don't center them in in your beliefs and in, in what you think they should be or what you think yourself should be. Because some of this is our reflection back on ourselves. Like we parent our kids because we see something in ourselves that we wish was different or we want to change. So I made the conscious decision to not impose views and beliefs and step out of them. Um, and as the kids started to get older, I started to explore my own spiritual journey and started to learn a lot more, right? Um, and so my approach to parenting has been um, first recognizing I don't know everything. I learn something new every day. And so to think that at this stage, when they were born at this stage, when they're um, in school and starting to form themselves as, as early adults or, you know, 30 years from now, I'm not going to know everything. I learn something new every single day, right? And so acknowledging that at this moment, when you're making decisions about the day-to-day -day of your children and about the messages that you send them, you don't know everything about what your beliefs are or what your beliefs will be. So um, it's it, it was easy for me to say, don't impose a belief because your belief could change tomorrow for whatever reason, right? Like you learn more or you experience something in the world. Um for me, I think it's as I go through this spiritual journey and I am learning and, and you guys will know, our listeners won't know this. In this spiritual journey, I'm trying everything, like just throw everything against the wall and see what sticks, right? Like I got Reiki certified and Akashic records and crystals and tarot and uh, witchery and all this kind of stuff. Like I'm just exploring everything, right? And so um, I want to explore that and I want to see that I want the kids to see me explore that without solidifying their beliefs. So um, my approach has been mainly to expose them to the things that I'm doing, but in an educational and kind of back, you know, behind the scenes kind of way versus a upfront um, teaching them kind of way, because I want them to see, number one, mommy's trying all these different things. Number two, I want them to see all of these different aspects and modalities and 
ways of thinking about the world that I'm exploring without putting the pressure on them of having to align into a certain way. Um, I, and I recognize that whether it's at this stage or at some point in the future, they may have different beliefs than me, or they may form different beliefs than me. Um, and they might not be there in their beliefs yet. Of course, they're not going to be there in their beliefs yet, right? There are things that are that are going to drive them as they experience things. Um, and so I want them to be armed with what a holistic and balanced viewpoint of living in this world with other people with different viewpoints are, so that as they form their beliefs through their life experience, they can have a broader view and pick things that are more meaningful to them. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's that's my general approach. Nice. Thank you for that. And um, Stace, kind of moving on to you, give us some, you know, what, what does conscious parenting on a day-to-day -day look like for you? Um, I'd also like you to mention your why, because that comes up to mind to my mind when we talk about conscious parenting. So Stace, over to you. So um, I've been through seasons where I haven't been a conscious parent and I want to start with that because I'm imagining right now, like a busy mom or dad listening to this episode and like the baby's crying. Um, one of the kids is sick home from school or like you're trying to balance work and your kids and the sports and the music lessons and like, life is happening and you're listening to this episode and you're like, well, that's great that you guys have it together, but I don't. And I just want to say very openly that I have been through seasons where I have not had it together. And I would say I was in a space around the time I turned 40, I'm 47 now, where I would say at that point, I was living a life that was aligned in all four bodies and was just beautiful. And then my son, my, my son who was 17 at the time, um, just plummeted into issues. And when you're in a family unit, it doesn't matter who the family member is that's struggling. It affects the whole family unit. And when everything happened with him, when there's something that happens when you see your child on the brink of death, literally, that the world stops turning and you have a single-minded focus on the potential for death and this desperation takes over. And so it's the opposite of conscious parenting. It's sheer panic, <clears throat> stress, anxiety. And in that space, I became really unhealthy. I mean, I was back and forth to the hospital every day and I would come home to like a family sized bag of Oreos and that was my dinner. And I was sitting bedside with him, listening to machines, doing the breathing for him. And, um, I became consumed with trying to save my son in all the ways, both his physical health, his mental health, his emotional health, his spiritual health. I became consumed with the idea that if I did things, if I did enough, 
somehow it would save him. Okay. And I say this because it can be all different kinds of experiences that do this to us, right? We could have a kid who has a physical ailment. We could have a kid who has a learning disability. We could have a kid who has a mental health issue. We could have a kid who has behavioral issues. But sometimes when life throws us a curveball, we go into this place of survival mode and it's the farthest thing from conscious parenting. And so having had that experience just a couple of years ago, I was blessed enough that before that experience happened, I knew what it was to consciously parent. And so I was able to, to redirect myself over time to my own healing. But I think the biggest thing that I want to say about conscious parenting is in order to be a conscious parent, you have to be a conscious person. Okay. And so for me, it is lead by example. All right. So I get to this point where everything's happened with my son and he's finally in rehab for like the, I don't even know what number time. And he goes to another state, he goes to Florida and I was ravaged. I was mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and finally physically laid up. Okay. I had a botched surgery and I was laid up in bed for three months and I was at what I would consider one of the seasons of rock bottom for me. And when that happened and my son was no longer in my physical proximity to try to control the outcome of what was going to happen that was bigger than me, I recognized that I had control of one thing, one thing in that whole scenario. And I had lost it. And the control that I had was over me. It was over me and how I showed up in the world and what I did. And so I very slowly, very slowly started to take action. First, I had to get my physical health back in order, right? Because without my physical health, what, what do I have, right? So I, I became very focused on how do I heal? How do I get myself back to where I need to? What do I need to do to eat right, to sleep right, to recover from the surgery? And I started with baby steps, okay? But for me, I want my children, and this is my why, part of my why, I want, and I, I do every day, I want for my children to have a healthier mother today than they had yesterday. And so when I get up in the morning, I, you know, I, I'm today, I was hit with a wave of panic about some things that I'm dealing with and I let it out. I let it out. I don't hide my emotions from my kids. I don't want my kids to think that if you're emotional, it's bad, right? So I show them like, this is what mom's going through. Um, <clears throat> in my spiritual practices, I include my children in my spiritual practices. My 10-year-old daughter loves to pull Oracle cards because she's seen her mom do it, right? I talk about God and my relationship with my higher power because I want my kids to understand that that's a huge part of who I am and why I feel that I'm here, right? And so for me, it's about showing my kids through action what it is to be in this world and be a good human, okay? And so we can call it conscious parenting. We can, we can call it being connected. Like there's so many different ways that we can approach this, but I really believe at the end of the day, we have a responsibility to 
raise our children in an environment where it is safe and loving to be themselves, where they feel respected and they feel seen and they feel heard. And if I'm being really transparent, I'm still kind of struggling with this because I'm in my own state of, of, of figuring out who I am, right? I left my marriage not that long ago. I'm divorced. I'm single parenting again at 47, which I never expected. And I'm struggling to make this new season feel like normal and good, right? And so I'm like trying to find ways to connect with my daughter and embrace this new season, though it looks very different than what I expected. But I know that I'm providing her an environment where she is able to be herself. I think our children need a safe space to be able to process their emotions. They need a safe landing space where they know that it's okay to be themselves, no matter what the circumstances are. And I've had a fierce dedication to that because it was something that I didn't have and I still don't have with my parents at all, never had it. And I knew that out of anything that I could give my kids, the freedom to be who they are and feel seen and heard was of the utmost priority. Yeah, I want to build on that. I think, you know, for our listeners, the most important thing you can do is figuring out your why. What is what is that one thing, that one desire that's going to be your lifeline to guide the, the rest of how you, th that's the must have, right? Like that's the baseline of how you interact with your kids. Um, I sound put together this week and the last week has been horrible for me. Um, absolutely. Like work is falling apart. Um, the kids are involved in multiple activities that have me running around. Feels like all day long. Uh, the busing situation with their school has been horrible and I've had to end up taking them in their schools quite a distance away in and out each morning. I'm going through a really painful and traumatic breakup, um, finally. Um, and, and, you know, things are just they, like they feel like they're falling apart, right? So um, for me, my why is for them to have that open and honest, to safety's point, that safe zone. Um, where they know this is where they can go. And regardless of what happens and the noise and the chaos that's happening in, in the world or with mommy even um, around there, they know this is the one place they can authentically be themselves. But that's the only thing I care about right now. I don't care if the dishes get done. I don't care if the floor gets swept. Um, I don't care if I look put together. Like I'm you know, on this and I have no makeup on and, and slotting it in between meetings. and. I don't care if any of that stuff happens, but what's most important to me is when they get home from school, this is going to be a place of calm. And this is going to be a place where we can talk and, and where I can help them with their issues. If everything else falls apart, that's the one thing. And I think everybody needs to figure out um, what their one thing is that, that is the must have and make that be your driver, make that be your prioritization and give yourself grace to make mistakes and not do it hundred percent perfectly. Um, the 80% or the 70% or the 60% of meeting those goals is better than the 0%. So that is so important because our lives are, are crazy and things will hit you unexpectedly. And thank God we haven't gone through anything to the level of what stacy has gone through, but we could tomorrow. And what's important is how are we as a family unit going to navigate if something like that would happen? Um, and, and how do we keep that lifeline on that most important thing? Yeah, and, and the thing is this stuff happens when 
you don't expect it. You know, I was in a state where everything felt so good for me and there is no guarantee when it comes to raising your kids, you can assume what you want to about your kids. Like for example, my parents assumed that when they had three daughters, their daughters, their three daughters were going to grow up Mormon and marry a Mormon man. Well, guess what? My sister's gay. Okay. That wasn't in her plan. It wasn't in her plan to marry a man, but my parents rammed it down her throat till it nearly ended her life because there was an expectation that my parents put on her that was not what she felt aligned with. And she didn't feel safe to say, this is who I am and this is what I want for my life. And my biggest thing, and Susie, I feel like we're like in agreement on this, is like, we want our kids to have a safe environment and a loving environment to be themselves, no matter what that looks like. You know, there's a big difference between saying to your children, oh, like, I just want you to be happy and actually meaning it, right? Actually meaning it. And, you know, it's, it's been interesting because I never pictured myself as a parent that would ever have the patience to homeschool. Okay. I've looked at parents who homeschool and I'm like, dude, you are a saint because I don't see how you could do it. Right. And when my oldest daughter, like I said, she's now 26, when she was in high school, she struggled so much. She was struggling socially. She, she just, she was struggling. And I had just had her baby sister. Okay. And I was, so I was running a business full-time, my own business. I had a newborn. All right. I had three other kids and I chose to pull my daughter out of school and homeschool her on top of everything else I was doing. And I've now done this with two of my four children because of the circumstances that we faced. I did what I had to do for my children, what I felt was right for them. And I did sacrifice a lot of my own freedom and independence in order to do that because I knew it had to happen, right? Sometimes when we're raising our children, we have to think about whether we have an agenda that we're placing on them or whether we're allowing them to show us their agenda, what they need, what they long for, what they're lacking, what they're good at, right? And we, when we allow our children the space to be who they are, we give them the freedom to explore that, right? So then they're in a space where, okay, I know I'm safe here. I know I'm going to be loved and accepted no matter what. Now let me figure out who I am. Mom, this is what I think I might want to do. Okay, let's explore that. And so I find that, you know, obviously with more experience, we like do things differently. But I would say that the mom that my youngest is getting versus the mom that my oldest is getting is a lot different because I'm a lot more awakened in this season and aware of who I am. And by being more aware of who I am, I'm able to then allow my children the space to be more aware of who they are, right? Because I'm living in awareness of me and I'm recognizing what I need. And then that has a ripple effect on the household itself. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think, um, sorry, I, uh, I, I think the piece that you said about letting them see your journey, letting them see the, the raw and the ugly. And so giving them that 
space, that safe space is a critical piece of it. Um, I, I had a conversation with my daughter um, about it yesterday, actually. And I asked, I told her this podcast was coming up and I, I wanted her thoughts. I was like, what, you know, here's what conscious parenting is. What are your thoughts? And she is, um, so she knows that I'm going through this breakup and this, this breakup is, like I said, long overdue. Um, it's, it's been very hard, but I also like, I love this man and it's really hard and, and really, but I also, I want my kids to see that, that, that kind of stuff is going to happen in life and how, how mommy can navigate it, but still be there for the kids so that I can also teach them because they will experience that same thing as, as they're going forward. So as we're talking about conscious parenting, we're talking about this stuff that's going on and, and how the effect of what's going on in mommy's life and as well as what mommy is learning and going through and changing as, as, as she learns and she explores her spiritual side and stuff like that. I asked her what conscious parenting meant to her. Um, and she said two things. One, she said, um, <laughs> she actually, I laughed at the word she used. She said, it is the leniency on the kids pursuing anything they want to pursue, which I thought was weird. Leniency, like, what am I going to do? Beat them for it? No. But still, the concept is, same, is the same. They feel like they can pursue anything and they have mommy's support, right? And and if they fail or they struggle or things go wrong, they know that that it's, they've got that safe space to come back to. Um, the second thing she said uh, to her, what conscious parenting meant was the support to be uh, her authentic self. And she actually used that. So I was really, I was proud of her probably because I overuse that term, but she said, um, you know, many times I've mentioned that I don't care who they are as adults. I don't care what they do. I don't care what their gender is, what their sexuality is. You know, that's all a thing um, in today's world. I don't care what they're interested in. I don't care what their who their friends are or anything, as long as they are being authentically themselves. And so um, to her, those were the two pieces of what being my child was important to her when when she thought of conscious parenting. Um, and God bless her. Like she is, she likes to explore the stuff that I'm exploring as well, but she also thinks a lot of it is is weird and outside of her scope of comprehension and, and just sets that aside. But um, you know, I I, again, I think that's that's the thing is just show them the ugly and the raw, but give them the space to come back and, you know, come home and come together and calm down and be safe. So, I mean, I love the examples you guys have, have given in terms of you know, allowing your kids to truly explore what what they want to do, as well as giving them a safe environment to kind of be the, be themselves. Uh, you know, you prioritizing them in terms of their what they want to focus on i guess my next question to you guys is parenting and, and life is busy right um there's a lot going on how do you find balance to to really be yourselves because you know we talk a lot about in this podcast about how how, how important self-care is and you know you really got to make sure you prioritize yourself because then that allows you to to truly kind of shine your light and be there for your, for your loved ones in a in a in a much more conscious way, great words to say, and I actually hundred percent believe them. But how how do you make sure that in this crazy world? I mean, Susie, you were talking about so many activities your kids have got going on these days and all that sort of stuff, and you're still you know doing all these things spiritually to truly kind of connect with the spiritual side of you. How do you find balance in that? And how do you make sure you don't lose yourself in in and how do you make sure that you're a priority? What? I was hoping you would tell me how to do that. I'm still trying to figure it out. 
no, I, I, I think it's very fair. And I also think, you know, if we're all being human, like there are times when I do that really well. And there are times when I don't do that really well, like this week, I'm not doing it very well. Um, I, I think for me, one piece of finding that balance is figuring out a way to work my life, my family, my kids into those activities so that I can experience that stuff. Um, but also not feel like it's taking away from them. Um, and the other piece is to know what are the most important things that um, ground you and that you need to spend that self-care time on. So if this week, if I have five minutes and next week I have four days, as it turns out, um, to invest in my self-care, what what's going to be that most important thing that I do with my five minutes this week and make sure that I'm scheduling those four days next week um, and uh, and really make the most of those four days. But that's that's how I value. I mean, there is no such thing as balance in the in the week to week. You just got to figure out what's most important and give yourself the permission to not always be perfect, but make sure you come back to it. Cecilia, before we go into Stacy, what are the things you do when you do have time for you? Um, more than anything, journal. Uh, to me, that's the thing that is probably the most meaningful. Um, I I make sure to schedule um, conscientious activities and with friends. Um, I have some very good friends where I can do things like sound baths or um, meditation circles or, um, you know, trips away or things like that that are very, um, you know, self-focused, like very centered and balanced and part of the world, you know, very spiritual kind of thing. So I'm lucky to have those. I have to schedule those things ahead of time. Um, and then I'm committed. We, we spend money on a thing or we make plans, um, schedule them in advance uh, to make sure that that stuff happens but when I don't have things scheduled um the journaling the reading um the sitting in nature uh, to me lately has been a lifesaver for me just sitting and breathing more than anything nice Stacy, over to you so I feel like we lead by example and um I I get super stressed out if I don't work out and I know when I work out, I feel better. And so I have made that a priority as like a regular thing in my life that I do um, that helps me like with stress, anxiety, um, but also helps me to stay healthy. Right. I mean, I'm getting ready to have a grandchild. I want to be able to be active and, and keep up and enjoy that time. And so this is a priority. Um, I am very passionate about journaling. I feel like it gives a space to process some of the things that are happening in life and maybe be a little more introspective than we might otherwise be. Um, I'm blessed enough to have some really good friends in my life that support me. And so when I'm not sure about what's next or I'm feeling anxious, I know that I can lean into those friendships and have a good cry if I need it. Um, I look at the world right now and there's so much pain and there are so many heavy, heavy things going on in the world. And I want to be a haven for my children. You know, when last night I was getting ready for bed 
And my 26 year old daughter who's pregnant, right. Sends me a message. And she's like, I can't stop crying. She just like had an argument with someone and was really upset about it. And I thought, how beautiful is it that she reached out to me and felt safe to be able to share with me what she was experiencing. And as she's getting ready to have a baby, I know that I'm the closest person to her that can relate to what she's going through. And I know she's going to lean into that relationship. And so I think it's just really powerful that the example that I'm setting is paying off in the sense of like, they know they can come to me. So I think it's multifaceted. It's having the discipline to take care of myself and make myself a priority, showing my kids that example, and then being present for them when they need me, you know? So uh, one of the things that we've started doing is family dinners on Sunday and getting together with the kids. And it gives them a space to know, like, I have this time with my mom and she's paying attention. But I also think my kids worry about me in this season, right? Because I'm a single parent again, and I'm navigating life on my own and they've had to help me move and get settled not once, but twice. So I do a lot in the day to day to try to commit to myself, but I also try to be accessible to them so that they feel that they have a place to go. So it's, it's, I know I'm kind of answering in a, a bunch of different ways, but it's just like, I don't think that conscious parenting is just one thing. It's the actions that we take for ourselves to set the example. It's the giving them a safe space to be who they are. And then it's also imparting the wisdom into them as we acquire it. I agree with that. Beautifully said. I, I, I know we're uh, getting towards the end, but there is one point I really want to make. So if you don't mind, because uh, you know, I've been looking forward to this. Um, one of the things that has um, been the most resoundful, I think I just made a word there, uh, with me is um, something Nims actually, you said to me during an in-home visit. Um, and for anybody listening, uh, Nimesh talked about the mentorship program. And if, if you haven't done it, you haven't engaged, I absolutely recommend it, but also there's an aspect that is the in-home visit. So Namesh and Stacy came and visited me in my home and got to experience the energy and the life of, of the house that I built and the home that um, I'm living in with my kids. And one of the things that you mentioned was the fact that children choose us in this life for a reason, right? Um, and that's the thing that guides me every single day. Um, I think that, you know, we don't, as parents, we don't know it all. Um, the kids don't know it all, but I think it's about the relationship of the together. And so while I am trying to consciously parent them, um, what's also important is, is that they've chosen us for a reason. So am I understanding and giving them what they may need to experience in this lifetime, but also to recognize they may be in my life to help me grow and learn as well. And I think with children, they're, um, their minds are still so open and they're listening to the world, not just the world, but what's happening, you know, around the world so much better than we as parents sometimes do. Um, and I think the, I think understanding that it is a relationship and it's a two-way street and it's two-way communication to not just want to guide them in the world, but also to react and absorb what's happening with them so that we can together um, make it through this world. I think that that, you know, understanding that they're here for a reason 
and they chose me for a reason, no matter how messed up I may think I am. Um, I think that's something that just sticks with me and helps me make better decisions on the day to day. So thanks for letting me say that. Mm. I love that. And actually, I was going to go to that next, actually. So you, you kind of read my mind. Um, just before I go there, I guess, listen to both of you, it's clear that there isn't like a formula. You know, it's like, you know, everyone, everyone works it out on the go, right? And, you know, becoming aware and asking yourself those conscious conversations is a big part of it. And, you know, not judging yourself because everyone's trying to learn on the go, right? I mean, in this new world, everyone's trying to figure it out. So, you know, kindness to yourself feels like it's really important. Um, and just to expand on the point that Susie is making, so I'm a big believer that um, kids choose their mum as a, at a soul level. So depending on what 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 the destiny, what you meant to go through, etc., um, you choose your mum to guide you as a soul, as a human. Um, so that's really important for parents to remember is that your kids chose you at a soul level. How powerful is that, right? It's like, because how, how, how often do we judge ourselves and the rest of it? Um, the other thing I just kind of want to move on to is is a support system around you. And that's, um, you know, sometimes there's a lot of influence, positive, negative, in terms of how you should parent, how you shouldn't parent. Um, you know, I've had the, the benefit and the blessing of having 10 nephews, three nieces, and I've seen, you know, brothers, sisters, in-laws, etc., trying to figure out the best way to parent the kids and you know there's no right or wrong and everyone tries to figure it out and but I knew early on that my role of it as an uncle was really important as being the part of the support network so I made sure that I had I had a relationship with each of my nephews and nieces so they could come to me and get unbiased advice because it's difficult for a parent to give unbiased advice because the parents have you know so but at different times all of my nephews and nieces have come to me to ask me for unbiased advice. And I really feel blessed with the relationship. I mean, sure, I've, I've been the uncle. I've been the, the fun uncle, maybe you call it the fun uncle, who takes them to concerts, to sports events, and the rest of it. But I've also spent time with them, listening to them. And, you know, things like career choices and life choices, they've always known they can come to me and get an unbiased. And I don't – I've never – Made, I've never told them what to do. I'm just very good at asking them questions so they can figure out what's best for that. Um, so that's why I think, you know, you, I know you both co-parent and, you know, the support system around and all that. I just, I'd love for you to talk more about how important the, the co-parenting piece is and how you navigate it and maybe some of the challenges and what you do about it from a support system and a co-parenting and kind of everyone has advice and it's like the work that we do on the spiritual side I know there's people around me that don't fully understand it and you know I think I think they look at me and think well and you know you guys as parents I'm sure there's 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 areas there right of judgment where people don't understand so you know I'd love for you to talk about creating that safe environment but also how do you co-parent and how do you manage with other people kind of being involved in Raising your kids. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I want to. We only have a like, few minutes left. I could talk about this for about three minutes. <laughs> Straight. 
I felt it was an important question, and, and um, it's, it's it's funny that Stacy starts laughing. I just it was it was on my list. It's on my you know something came to me to ask that question. So Stacy laughs. So Stacy, I'm going to go with you first. I would say with a lot of patience and a lot of grace and a lot of biting your tongue when you might otherwise not want to. And um, the phrase being the bigger person can be annoying, but it's true. I mean, there have been so many instances, even in like the recent months of navigating co-parenting where like, and I can say this because he's probably not going to listen to it, right? But like, if I had the chance, I'd punch him in the face kind of feeling. But I know, I know that that, that, that's, it's a sensation, right? It's a frustration. It's a, we aren't on the same page, but I think a lot of times people think, and and I talk to people about this all the time, clients about this all the time. We think if we divorce someone, right, that, that it's going to like change things. But the fact is you still have kids together. Okay. And the things that irritated you when you were married are still going to irritate you when you're not married and you're co-parenting, but you don't have a choice as far as the interaction if you want to do what's right for your child. Now, every circumstance is different. We could have somebody on this who has a a raging narcissistic ex-husband or wife that they, they can't have communication with. There are always extenuating circumstances. So I don't want anybody to think that we are diminishing or making it sound easy because it's not, it is not. With that being said, when the focus is the child or the children and what is for their highest good, you do what you have to do to make that the focus. When things get crazy, it's usually because one or the other or both of the co-parents aren't having the focus, the child. Yep. I have. I will say I have had to bite my tongue more in the last couple of months than I have in a very long period of time. And I make the conscious decision that it is about my daughter. It is not about me. It's not about him and his opinion of me. It's not about what we both think about each other or feel about each other. It has nothing to do with that and everything to do with my little girl and what is right for her. And so for me, and I would give this advice to anyone, put that at the forefront of everything you do. Ultimately, that's what matters, right? Is are the kids loved, seen, heard, valued, appreciated, understood, whatever those, whatever we need to do to make that be the focus, that's what we do. Now, is it easy? No, no. And there are days where I'm like, dude, I don't know if we're going to make it till she's 18. Right. But what's interesting is I also have this, this kind of lesson that's happened for me in this season. And I'll just tell you really quick. So my oldest daughter has a different father, right? And she, my oldest daughter's 26 and her father and I have been oil and water from like the minute that she was born on. Okay. We have not been able to be in a room together for anything. We like, we just, we just can't get on the same page. When my daughter got married, 
she did a destination wedding and we ended up taking a vacation together and he and I were able to be civil. And then when she got pregnant, the game changed. And somehow we have, for the first time in 26 years, made peace with each other. The thought that I have on a daily basis with my 10-year-old and her father is that I don't want to wait 26 years to make peace. I choose peace today for myself, for my daughter, and hopefully, ultimately, for him. And so I do whatever I can to try to make my part of the dynamic as peaceful as possible. I know that's kind of a long-winded answer, but I don't think this is an easy thing to navigate for so many. And I don't want to simplify it for those who are struggling in the complication, the complexity of co-parenting, because every circumstance is different and it is not an easy path to walk for anyone. Yeah. You guys know, I would, I would agree with you on that one. I think, um, I think with co-parenting, um, (laughs) sanity and peace in your life, the ego is your worst enemy. Um, hundred percent. And the ego is so, so important. It's so hard to let go of, right? But letting things go and recognizing even within yourself, when you're not, when you're making decisions for your own sense of self-worth versus for the benefit of the kids. Um, I am very blessed. My ex-husband and his wife are amazing people. They are amazing friends. They are amazing family members. They're amazing parents. If anything should happen to me, I am so lucky that she will raise my kids. Um, but man, there have been times and just recently there have been times where, um, just last week, uh, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a seamstress, but I had to, um, my daughter needed her uniform hemmed for concert and the stepmom is so amazing at all that crafty stuff. And I'm not like at all. Part of me wanted to go and say, Hey, can you, you know, can you hem this for, her? because it's going to look better than part of me was like, you're a mom, like figure it out. So I sat in a chair when I was doing my hair appointment and I sat there and, and hand stitched this hem and it looks like crap. Like it's just horrible, but you know, right. It does the job. It's coarse uniform. She doesn't have to wear it every day. Bless her heart. She takes that uniform over to a uh, stepmom's house and stepmom calls up and, and she's like, did the uniform people hem this? And I knew right away. She's like, I would complain about this hem job. No, I hemmed it. And so stepmom said, I'm happy to like this hem won't, won't stay. So I'm happy to, you know, unravel this and rehem for this weekend. And my first thought was, you know, I spent two hours and I'm not kidding. I spent two hours hemming these darn pants. Um, but in the end, it's she's doing it like she's taking her time to him for my daughter. And so that they will she will look better. And so that these pants will stay together. And I had to bury that side of my ego. And then I had to feel blessed that she would spend that time doing that because she loved my daughter that much. But man, that ego is a powerful thing. So making you have to consciously bury that ego and make decisions for the sake of the kids. Love it. Love it. And, you know, so many more questions in my head that I could carry on this conversation. Maybe we'll need to do a part two at some point. Um, you know, I've just been listening to both of you through this episode and it's a beautiful conversation in terms of it's clear there isn't like a, a manual on this. There isn't a, a right or a wrong way. But if I was to summarize, it feels like you know, putting your child in the center, putting them first, um, really becoming aware of how you want a parent, what sort of parent you want to be so that you're not bringing programming with you. You're creating a platform for them to be 
who they're meant to be with as little as program as possible, having a clear line of communication so they can have that conversation with you about who they want to be, um, being open and transparent about who you are and what you're working on, emerging worlds, all of those things that kind of would be how I'd kind of, and it's kind of, a, I'm sure there's much more to it, how I'd encapsulate, encapsulate this conversation. But as we close this out, I'd love to hear from you guys in terms of any advice you have, any kind of summary, anything you'd want to add to this episode as we close out. Susie, I'm going to go to you first. Yeah, I'm just going to reiterate one thing I said, which is give yourself the grace to make mistakes and not always be right, right? No, take the time to figure out what's most important to you. And it, you're not going to live that life 100%. You're not going to make every decision that aligns to that 100%, but just keep trying. Beautiful. Stace? And I would say um, you're raising people. You know, they're not going to be kids forever. You're raising people that need to go out into the world and shine their light. And so lead by example, you know, shine a light on yourself. Do those things that, you know, lift you up and show your kids that it's crucial to love yourself. I think we have a lot of people in this world who have never learned how to love themselves. And it is impossible to truly love other people if you don't love yourself. So if you haven't taken the self-love journey yourself, if you haven't learned how to love yourself, it is possible to learn it. And when you love yourself, you show up for yourself and then you're showing up for your kids because you're showing them what it is to truly embrace who you are, which then gives them the space to do the same. There's no roadmap. There's no roadmap. It's one day at a time, one lesson at a time. And above all else, give yourself some grace. Wise words. And um, we always like to close the episode out with some general prompts um, to allow people to go deep and really ask some searching questions. So um, i ask both of you, is any any general prompts that come to mind that you'd like to share with our audience? Stacey, I'll go to you first. I would say, what can you do today to show up more for yourself and for your kids. You know, if there was one area that you wanted to focus on, what would that be? And just write about it and see what comes up, right? Yeah, I and I go back to the uh, the why the children chose us. I would um, I would recommend writing about if you had to if you had to deduce uh, why you are part of this child's life. Um, what would it be? What What do you bring to this child in helping them grow up and navigate this life and, and depart this life with all the lessons they were meant to learn? Nice. You know, just as a side note, you know, some of you might be wondering, well, hold on, if if, if our kids, kids choose us, does that mean I, we, we, I chose my parents? Um, and maybe some of you had challenges with your parents. You know, it's interesting Kids choose their parents based on what they want to experience in life. So if you had a challenging um, connection with your parents, there's a reason for that too, right? So, you know, to, to expand this easy question, you know, um, ask yourself, you know, how are you parenting your kids? Is it based on how you parented? Is it based on religion? Or are you truly being aware? And 
you know, maybe there's a lesson there for you also in terms of the relationship you have with your family and understanding why you picked them um, could be another thing to explore. But thank you both. I've loved sharing this space with you. It's such a beautiful house, you know, such a beautiful connection to both of you. Yeah, I could talk to you for hours. So um, I feel very, very blessed with the energy and the space. Thank you for, for, for being with us, Susie. Thank you for the blessing of it. I am, I guess, closing this episode out by just saying thank you. I feel very blessed with this podcast. I feel very blessed by having friends like um, Stacey and Susie. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Sending lots and lots of love and light out. Um, Stacey, well, Stacey, Susie, anything you want to say as we close? Another great episode. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thank you. And thank you, Namesh and Stacey, for continuing this this topic, this conversation, this platform. Um, you guys are important to me and you're important to a lot of your listeners that are listening here today. So thank you for everything you do to invest in us. Thank you, everybody. Bye for now.